Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. What is up, everybody, and welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, remember that Primetime is brought to you by our friends over at Freeman Mazda. Net. We will talk more about them and the ride of the week in a few moments here on the show. Before we do any of that, though, let's talk about one of the biggest strengths of the Dallas Cowboys and how it could show when the time comes to play playoff football. Now, I do got to lead this one with the fact that I it is a double-edged sword because just as it is a strength... It is also a consequence of a weakness. And to be specific, I am talking about the Cowboys' third down offense. Shout out to Skywalker Steel, by the way. I know that he touched on this topic earlier uh, in the morning show. Shout out to him. Uh, the Cowboys are good on third down. Like NFL best caliber offense on third down. And of course... That starts with the quarterback. That starts with Dak Prescott, who's been amazing throwing the football in such situations, in high leverage spots, in the money down, as they call it. But of course, credit should also you know, be given to C.D. Lamb, to T.Y. Hilton for that third and 30 grab and other grabs that he had against the Tennessee Titans because he moved the chains consistently in those. Uh, a lot of players, man, and even the pass protection for the Cowboys. And I was very impressed when I started looking at some of the numbers that we will dive into tonight, starting with the fact that the Cowboys have seven straight weeks in which they have had at least 50% conversion rate on third down. And if you look at it from an overall perspective, since week seven, they are number one in the league on third down with a 56% conversion rate. Compare that to weeks one through six, in which you would, of course, have five games worth of Cooper Rush and the Tampa Bay game in week one with Dak Prescott. The Cowboys were 29 in the NFL in that span. So they went from 29th to number one in the entire NFL. And when you look at even more details, it gets even more impressive. Dak Prescott leads NFL quarterbacks in first down percentage on third down. He has 56 conversions, which is good for a 51%, which is higher than Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen's, Joe Burrow, Jimmy Garoppolo's in third down. Now, of course, they do have more attempts except for Jimmy G. And that has to do, of course, with the fact that Dak Prescott missed significant playing time, but it gets better, ladies and gentlemen, believe it or not, it gets better. 
if you look at a breakdown of how the Cowboys have had to manage third down by distance in 2022, the Cowboys are fourth, and I'm talking about conversion rate here, fourth on third and short, which means the Cowboys are efficient moving the chains even when they get themselves in favorable situations. And you and I both know that Dallas doesn't do that always. Dallas runs the football a lot on first and 10 and second and 10. We hate how this offense puts itself in danger sometimes by depending on third down success, which is not a world you want to live on consistently in the NFL. But when they do get in those favorable spots, they also know how to run the football. They also know how to use uh, play action. We've seen the Cowboys even use a lot of option plays in these kind of spots. Uh, not a lot of QB keepers, maybe, but they do run option in those scenarios. They're 14th in second and medium, fourth in third and long, and fifth in third and long plus, which would be over 10 yards. It's crazy. It's crazy that the Cowboys have got it this good and third down. And I think, you know, it's kind of a double-edged sword, as I said. Because on the one hand, you're facing some good defenses in the playoffs. You're facing the, like, if you go on a run, of course, you want to be able to beat the 49ers defense. You want to be able to beat the Philadelphia Eagles defense. The Packers, for example, might not rank as one of the best units statistically. But if you narrow it down to how they defend the pass, they are pretty good. And if you face them for X, Y, or Z in the playoffs, you, you have to be able to convert those third downs. And the Cowboys have done so at a tremendous level this year. We're not happy about how much times, how many times they get themselves in those spots. But when they do, Dak, Dak has been able to move the ball very efficiently. And that is a big-time tra trait to have as a quarterback in the NFL. Now, when I talk about the Chargers over at the other side of the NFL, over at the AFC, I complain a lot about how they handle offense. And I complain a lot because they are widely, wildly inconsistent week to week. And that is in huge part because they suck on early downs. Now, the Cowboys don't really suck on early downs, but they're not nearly as elite. And I have the perfect way to break it down for you. This is from runningbackszonematter.com, analytics website, which measures EPA per play, and it measures you know, drop back EPA per play, rush EPA per play. So we will look at early downs for the Cowboys since week seven. And I am using since week seven because if you include the Cooper Rush stretch, you know, you, you don't get the results that you don't that you want to get because that's not the offense the Cowboys are running right now. So this is early downs, first and second down from week 17 to today. The Cowboys are clearly an above average team passing the football because the farther you are to the right, you're better as a passing team and the red line that goes vertically is your average team passing the ball on early downs. Hello, Eagles. Now, running the football, the Cowboys are just below average. That's more or less, you know, 
a decent situation, but it's definitely not where you want to be 100%. But look at where the Cowboys go when we look at third down. It is crazy. I know I've already said the Cowboys are number one in the NFL converting third downs, but this really illustrates it on a whole other level. The farther you, you are into the upper right corner, the better. The Cowboys dominate the NFL on third down for the last few weeks, going back to week seven. Is that sustainable? We don't know. We will see. We know that generally it is not. And we can see these teams that depend and rely entirely on third down. We can see things go south pretty quickly. But to give you an idea numerically as to how good the Cowboys have been on third down since, since week seven, the Kansas City Chiefs have about a point three hundred EPA per play while the Cowboys are at 0.5 EPA per play. They're adding half a point every play on third down in expected points added. That is some that is crazy stuff. That is elite of the elite on third down. The problem is, as I said, is that sustainable? We will find out. But we know that historically, it is a little bit of an issue. The good news is that the playoffs are right around the corner. The Cowboys are not trying to sustain this for an entire season. Hopefully, and it goes back to the topic that we discussed last night or two nights ago, Dak Prescott remains such a big strength for the Cowboys offense and he's able to overcome some of the weaker aspects or, or the weakest aspect of Kellen Moore's play calling and Kellen Moore's offensive approach in which the Cowboys aren't as aggressive on early downs. And this all ties back as well into the topics that we discussed here on primetime on the Cowboys needing to embrace the identity of an offensive first team because if you do that then you're more willing to throw the football on first down to throw the football on second down a huge part of what made the Bengals so dangerous last year and even when they corrected their problems this year was when head coach Zach Taylor decided you know what I am going to give the football as many times as I can to Joe Burrow. And I'm going to put these games in the hands of Joe Burrow. Cowboys should do the same with Dak Prescott, honestly. Now, they're running the football, you know, not great over the last few weeks. But if you look at the results from a season perspective, they're a decent running team. But in the playoffs, when it's crunch time, I hope that the Cowboys really put the football in the hands of Dak Prescott. And I think that could go a long way. And the Cowboys could put together a deep playoff run if they do so. Now, ladies and gentlemen, do me a favor and let me know in the chat what do you think is the Cowboys' biggest strength offensively. Let me know in the chat while you do that. Let me read some of the comments around here. And then we will get into betting the Cowboys. Final pick of the season. We are 13-3. and three through six, 17 weeks. I'm super excited about that. I don't think that I'll have a season this successful betting the Cowboys uh, ever again because that is a high number. And when you are betting 
when you're betting seriously and you're not trying to fool people on the internet, you're aiming for a 53% hit rate. But we've been lucky. We've been lucky. Uh, betting the Cowboys has been a successful segment of this show. You're 13 and 3. And this is a tricky one to bet because the Cowboys could approach this game a million different ways, depending on how things are going over there in the Giants-Eagles game simultaneously. Russell says, what is the betting spread this week? Minus 7. And then the over-under is at 41 for the game. Biggest strength, says Lumen. It's Ezekiel Elliott. Charlene Evans says, uh, do the Cowboys have any weaknesses? I like it. I like it. Nicholas says, Dak isn't Mahomes or Burrow. He can be surgical, but don't trust him in the playoffs. I think, and it's valid. I understand why. I think that is just a consequence of the Cowboys not having playoff success in the years that Dak Prescott has been around. That is that is a team stat, honestly. Like when you look at how the Cowboys have performed win-loss wise, I think it's more about that. And I mean this in the sense that I don't think that even in his rookie year, I don't think that Dak had a bad outing against the Green Bay Packers. He actually got himself into a little bit of a QB duel against Aaron Rodgers. Now that's 2016 Dak. His version, the version of Dak Prescott in 2022 is vastly different because he's been getting uh, better and better, especially because I think Dak's strengths are more mental than anything. Like as Nate Ties from The Athletic calls him, the guy is a supercomputer. He processes the game at an insane speed and all of that. So I don't know. I think that I think that, that sentiment, I think that that feeling has more to do with the fact that the Cowboys have not won in the playoffs. But we got to be honest and we got to say, you know what? That's a team stat for the most part. I don't think that we've seen Dak suck in the playoffs. Like even the Rams game in 2018, he he had some heroic moments against the Seahawks in 2018. And then one game later, the run defense got gashed against the LA Rams. You remember that game, I'm sure of it. I don't think that's a game that the Cowboys lost because of Dak Prescott. Not at all. Let's see here. Uh, Pollard to the outside. Seek power up the middle. to Rudy Garza. Those are his biggest strengths of the offense. Let's see here. Uh, biggest strengths is Holly passing the ball. The run has become predictable and the blocking is bad. That's a good, that's a good one. Like, I think the running game has struggled because of the blocking. I'm going, I'm going to be honest there. I don't think this is similar to other years in which we have complained about the Cowboys insisting in, you know, blasting the A gap, blasting through the V gap. I think that the Cowboys have actually changed it up running the football, and it's just not working because of the blocking up front, which kind of sucks because it's been the case even since the Tyler Viadish injury. And you wonder... Is this because of Terrence Steele's absence over on the right side? I don't know if that is the case, but hopefully the running game looks better with a fresh Tony Pollard in the postseason. I would be surprised if Tony Pollard plays against the commanders, by the way, uh, a significant amount of snaps at least. I can see him play him. I can see playing him. I don't know if Dallas will work him a lot, though. 
let's see. Um, Justin says, any offense that plays predictable is going to get bit. Now we see what Kellen is made of. I agree. Toxic says, I just don't see how our strengths are going to be able to overcome the sidelines. Can't run back that same game plan last wildcard weekend. The sidelines in the sense of the coaches, Toxic, or because we just talked about uh, earlier this week about us liking the coaching staff as a strength of this team. But I don't know if you maybe, yeah, well, what I understand from that comment actually now that I reread it is the game plan coaching Kellen more specifically. And I agree. I, I agree. The Cowboys have to be more aggressive. And let's be honest, the Cowboys were struggling. Here's a difference, by the way. Here's a difference by from last year to this year and how I perceive the team. The Cowboys offense struggled mightily in the second half of the season last year. So that was an in-season trend that carried into the playoffs. Right now, the Cowboys offense is clicking on all cylinders. They're turning the ball over, which sucks, which can put you at risk in several situations. But even with the turnovers, they're one of the most efficient offenses in the NFL. They are one of the highest scoring teams in the league. And while the defense is also showing signs of, you know, well, the defense is, is declining a little bit, it's production, they're still taking the ball away. And that is promising. Like, I can leave with a defense that lowers its overall level as long as they're still stealing the football from the opponent. And the Cowboys are, are doing that, defensively speaking. So, crossing our fingers, yeah, of course, this is not a playoff preview, like, in depth. But I thought that it was a cool topic to talk about before getting into the bets and the predictions, especially because... This game is kind of a weird one to predict because of, you know, there's a new QB for Washington. We're going to talk about the injury report by the commanders, and it looks ugly. It looks long. And this is a perfect transition because All Is Well actually has a great comment in the YouTube chat. He says, is it true that the NFL is adding eight-team playoffs? It seems to be a serious consideration. For Dallas, for the NFL, excuse me. So, and actually, love you all as well because Ian Rappaport is actually tweeting about this right now. Let's hit pause and let's talk about what Ian Rappaport is tweeting right now. The NFL made it official. Bills Bengals, Bills Bengals is not being played. We assumed that. And they're also throwing out three different scenarios right now on Twitter. These are official by the NFL. Scenario one. Right? Okay, wait. I'm, I'm going to read the full statement. I'm sorry for this. This might be terrible radio, terrible programming. But I think this is relevant for the entire NFL and even for this game. Because ladies and gentlemen, if the NFL adds an eighth playoff team... The commanders are not eliminated from playoff contention. They're, they still need some combinations on all of that, but they, they could be in it. Uh, so I'm going to read the entire statement. Canceling the game 
between the Bills and Bengals creates potential competitive inequities in certain playoff scenarios in an effort to mitigate those inequities. NFL clubs will consider tomorrow in a special league meeting a resolution recommended by the commissioner and approved today by the competition committee, consisting of two elements. Number one, the AFC championship game will be played. Okay, so yeah, this, these are going to be two, two scenarios, right? Two big scenarios and then scenarios within the scenarios. I'm sorry. Let me, let me read that again. Um, We'll consider tomorrow in a special league meeting a resolution recommended by the commissioner and approved today by the competition committee consisting of two elements. So element number one, which has three scenarios. The AFC championship game will be played at a neutral site if the participating teams played an unequal number of games and both could have been the number one seed. They're talking about Bills and Chiefs and hosted the game had all AFC clubs played full 17 regular uh, game regular season, excuse me. Those circumstances involve Buffalo or Cincinnati qualifying for the game as a road team and are listed below. Scenario one, Buffalo and Kansas both win or both tie. A Buffalo versus Kansas City championship game would be at a neutral site. Scenario two, Buffalo and Kansas City both lose and Baltimore wins or ties. A Buffalo versus Kansas City championship game would be at a neutral site. So they're essentially saying Buffalo, Kansas City played at a neutral site in the AFC championship game. Scenario three, Buffalo and Kansas City both lose and Cincinnati wins. A Buffalo or Cincinnati versus Kansas City championship game would be at a neutral site. If the Chiefs, you know, lose this weekend now element number two if baltimore defeats cincinnati in week 18 lamar jackson not fully not expected to play so that that is kind of unlikely that's my parenthesis there but if baltimore defeats cincinnati in week 18 it will have defeated cincinnati a divisional opponent twice but will not be able to host a playoff game this is huge because cincinnati will have a higher winning percentage for a 16 game schedule then Baltimore will for a 17-game schedule. If Baltimore defeats Cincinnati, and if those two clubs are scheduled to play a wildcard game against one another, the site for that game would be determined by a coin toss. Damn. Damn. <laughs> uh, if Cincinnati wins the Week 18 game, or if Baltimore and Cincinnati are not scheduled to play one another in the wildcard round, the game sites would be determined by the regular scheduling procedures. As we consider, this is Goodell's quote, as we consider the football schedule, our principles have been to limit disruption across the league and minimize competitive inequities, Goodell said. I recognize that there is no perfect solution. The proposal we are asking the ownership to consider, however, addresses the most significant potential equitable issues created by the difficult but necessary decision not to play the game under these extraordinary circumstances. <laughs> okay, people are confused in the chat. I understand. I'm also a little bit confused. We can, we can, you know, recap this. Doesn't sound like the uh, A team is a is a consideration anymore, though. So scratch that. This is how it's going to work out. I think. I think what made it confusing are the playoff scenarios for Week 18. So let's just stick to the actual 
proposals, right? There's not going to be an eighth team, according to this statement. They don't mention it. So what this statement is saying is that Buffalo and Kansas City in a championship game would be played at a neutral site, right? And then it's also saying that if the Bills lose to the Patriots and the Chiefs lose to the Raiders, very unlikely, then you would also get Buffalo, Buffalo slash Cincinnati against the Chiefs if they face each other in the championship game at a neutral site. This is because the number one seed couldn't be fully determined because the Bills and the Bengals were in the hunt for the number one seed. And since they didn't get to play that game that would have positioned them uh, in an even better spot for the hunt. Like, so the Bills would have been the number one team in the NFL if they won that game against the Bengals. And then if the Bengals won that game and they won against Baltimore in week 18 and the Chiefs lost, they would also be in the driver's seat for the number one seed heading into the playoffs. So what these scenarios are doing is if they finish with um, the same record and all of that, and they face each other in, a, in the championship game, they will face in a neutral side because the number one seed could not be defined the correct way. Now, the, that is what the first few scenarios are about. There's also another element to it that determines that, you know, for the AFC North championship, since Baltimore would have more wins than Cincinnati, right? Well, not, not, not more wins. So, like, I'm going to say it again. Again, if Baltimore defeated Cincinnati in Week 18, it will have defeated Cincinnati twice, but will not be able to host a playoff game because Cincinnati will have the higher winning percentage for a 16-game schedule than Baltimore will for a 17-game schedule. So, if you would do it by winning percentage, the Bengals would be your AFC North division champions. So... The way that the NFL will work around that, because the NFL is saying, okay, sure, the Bengals have a higher winning percentage, but we know the circumstances and we know that Baltimore beat them twice. This is assuming that Baltimore beats them in week 18. They're seven-point underdogs right now against Cincinnati. So the way for the NFL to figure this one out, according to their statement, is we'll do a coin toss. And if they face each other in the playoffs... In the wildcard round specifically, the site for that game would be determined by a coin toss. Now, if Cincinnati wins, and if they're not scheduled to play against each other, the game sites would be just determined by the regular season scheduling procedures. So that is just in case that Baltimore wins against the Bengals. That's crazy. That is pretty crazy. <sighs> Who gets the Bidens is Russell. So uh, from what I understood, right? Wait. From what I understand, I think Chiefs will be getting the number one seed if they win against the Raiders. Because they're not talking about giving it to the Veals or giving it to the Bengals or anything like that. They're just saying if they face each other, in the AFC championship game, which would be kind of when it becomes even more unfair 
like for the Bills specifically, if they face each other, uh, they will be it will be played at a, at a neutral site. But from what I understand, this does mean that the Chiefs would be in a position to be the number one seed. Can you imagine the coin toss though? <laughs> Can you imagine the coin toss? Like the fact that it will be televised and that we will all be watching intently what happens with that coin toss. That will be a crazy experience if it does take place. And by the way, we didn't talk a whole lot about Lamar Hamlin, uh, ironically, because there are very good news and that is super exciting. The physicians talk to the media today. If you want to check that whole update over at ADZ Sports Buffalo, you can check it out. I was able to write it for the website. Um, would love to dive into it. I'm sure that many of you already saw it though. And I'm sure that we're running a little bit on a, on a tight schedule now, since we're 30 minutes into the program and we haven't gotten into the predictions, but I thought this, this was definitely worldwide worthwhile, uh, stopping the show to talk about with you because it is huge, 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 huge. So ladies and gentlemen, Cowboys bet of the week. We've been betting Cowboys games every single week this season, and we are 13 and three up to this point. One more time, regular season finale. Ladies and gentlemen, let me know what's your scoreboard prediction over in the chat while you do that. And before I give you my best bet of the week, ladies and gentlemen, let me talk to you about our friends over at FreemanMazda.net and the ride of the week, which is the 2022 Mazda CX-30 Premium starting at $32,130. It's got all-wheel drive, heated power, memory foam, leather seats, Wi-Fi hotspot, which is a game changer, a sunroof, premium audio system, and a miles per gallon capacity of 24 when you are in the city. That goes up to 31 when you are in the highway. So make sure you check out the 2022 Mazda CX-30 Premium over at FreemanMazda.net, a family-owned business for over 65 years. And remember that when you choose Freeman Mazda, you're choosing a lifelong partnership with your car dealer. Check it out over at FreemanMazda.net. Let's see some of your scoreboards here. 27 to 10, says Gregory. Tommy goes with 24-10. Pat Thompson goes 28 to 16. Uh, 28 to 13, says Jeff. Ooh, Jeff, you got you got close to mine. You got close to mine. Tommy also got very close to mine. 35 to 17, says Rudy. Cowboys over Washington. Ladies and gentlemen, here is my bet of the week. It was a tough one. Minus seven. Large betting spread, especially since Dallas might not be playing for anything. I'm going with Cowboys first half minus three and a half. I'm playing it safe. I'm playing it safe that the Cowboys don't head into that locker room and they see the scoreboard for the Eagles say something like 30 to zero versus the Giants backups, right? And I, I want to play it safe. I want to play the first half only. I do think that as long as the division is a possibility, the Cowboys are going to keep their feet to the pedal. 
That is why I like the first half bearing spread for the Cowboys. And also consider this. These are some of the players that have not practiced for the Commanders this season. Cam Coral, safety, which is kind of a hybrid defensive back for the Commanders. Very fun to watch Cam Coral not practicing. He's dealing with an injury. Might not play. Uh, twice he has not practiced. Jamin Davis, linebacker, also not practicing. Jonathan Allen, one of the best defensive tackles in the NFL, not practicing. Brian Robinson, running back, not practicing. Uh, Antonio Gibson, injured reserve. So, you know, the commanders are eliminated, and this always happens with these teams that are hurt. They, they're also not going to be playing a whole lot. So, give me the Cowboys minus three and a half for the first half. Inez goes with 47 to 10 commanders. Okay. Like, okay, 47 Cowboys commanders stand. 48, 10 boys is all is well. Whoo, I like some of these predictions. 28 to 24 is toxic. Our last win of the year would be 13. The last time that the Cowboys won 13 games was in Dak Prescott's rookie season. They were the number one seed in the NFL, in the NFC. Of course, one game, few, uh, there was one fewer game in those schedules. Uh, one more prediction. Give me the Cowboys winning 24-13. I think that Sam Howell gets his first career touchdown. I think that Malik Davis gets himself a touchdown too. I think that we will see a lot of him once more. Hopefully, he was exciting last week. Hopefully, that he, hopefully he's exciting once more. So give me the Cowboys 24-13. And if you guys want to see how the playoff picture looks like according to my Week 18 predictions, make sure you check it out over at Twitter. At Mau NFL, that's MAU NFL. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for tuning into the show tonight. Very fun to talk with you, as always. Justin says, I'll take that first half bet. Hey, hopefully, we end up with one more win at the Cowboys because we are 13 and 3 this season betting Cowboys games. And we've always done just one single bet, minus 110 odds, keeping it fair. We are at an 82% right now hit rate. So love that. Holly, thank you very much for your comment. Thank you for everybody for to, to everybody for your support. I will see you on Sunday night. We will have a almost complete playoff picture. And I say that because Packers Lions on Sunday night will also have a lot to do with how the NFC playoff picture looks like. I appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you so much. Do me a favor. Hit the thumbs up because every like puts this show in front of more Cowboys fans. Prime time, as always, brought to you by our friends over at PrimaMazda.net. Nos vemos el domingo. Disfruten su fin de semana. Adiós.